Amen. God is good. And all the time. Amen. I want to I I thank the, the worship team and all the floor team so much. Um, there's so many moving parts. And I just want to thank everybody in here. I know we're, we said that there's going to be live stream of the baptism, but our tech just somehow decided to say, nope. Um, so nope, it shall be. All right? So it's okay. We know that the, uh, they were baptized outside and we worship in here. And that's good enough, right? That's good enough. Amen? God is good. You know, I remember the... I want to talk about baptism today. I really do. Um, because today's water baptism. And I want to explain the significance of baptism. And I want to explain why we're doing water baptism out of all weeks. Why today? Yeah? Um, but before we move on, I thought... I, I hear there are some of us here that have never been baptized and never even witnessed a baptism. And that's okay. We welcome you here. And I guess that's the purpose of us having water baptism in our service. Because if you don't understand what water baptism is, we want you to understand why we do what we do uh, 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 in our faith. But I remember when I was water baptized. Um, I don't remember when, though. I really don't remember. I should remember when. I should go and pull up my certificate and, and find out when I got baptized. But I remember I was baptized here in SIBKL. Um, I gave my life to Jesus again. Um, and I said, I've never been baptized and I wanted to be baptized here. Um, and I remember before I was baptized, I, 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 was, I was shaky uh, uh, as a person, um, in my emotions, um, um, just as my person, as a human being. I was shaky. I was going through a lot of things. And I remember going into water baptism feeling a sense of weight. Um, I don't know if, um, if you've, you have to be old enough in life to feel a sense of weight of your pressures or your stress, all right? So if you're, perhaps if you're 18 and below, you may not understand what I'm saying. But I guess if you age in life, you understand, hey, the pressures and stresses life and whatever you're going through has a weight. And it has a weight on, on, on your physical being. And I, I remember as, as I made that decision to say yes to Jesus, and I remember I took it very seriously. Because I'm the kind of guy, when I say yes, it's a yes. And when I say no, it's a no. And my word is my bond. I always tell my, my sons, and I know they're only three, three and five years old. They're still so young. But I always tell them, sons, um, you guys, they're both boys, right? So I said, you know, three of us were mans of the house, all right? We're, that, that's it. My wife is the only queen. Uh, there's no princess, all right? Uh, God decided there shall be no princess. There shall only be princess. And Am I a king in the house? Yes? Okay. I, yeah, all right. I, I have the crown. All right. I'm a king. Um, I always tell my, my boys, um, do you know that your word is your bond? And I always tell them that in life, you don't get to take anything with you when you pass. You only get to take your integrity. Your integrity and you, your character and your value system as a man is something you get to take home with you. That's it. You came to this world naked. You leave this world naked. But what you leave this world is when people recognize who you are, your word is your bond. When you say yes, yes. When you say no, sorry. It's a no. Right? So I always say that. So I, I went into baptism saying, you know, I, I wanted to say yes to Jesus. And I wanted to say, Jesus, when I say yes to you, there is really no turning back. I don't want to be the kind of guy that after six months um, of hardships and persecution or whatever it may be, or after four years of, of jadedness maybe in a Christian life, and then I turn back and I say, I don't know if I want to be a Christian anymore. I don't know if I want this faith anymore. I'm not that kind of guy, Jesus. I want to say yes to you and let it be a yes, yes forevermore. So I remember I, I walked in, have, having all those things on my shoulders, I walked into a swimming pool. So I, for me, it was in a swimming pool in somebody's house. I remember I walked into that pool, and as I said, I want to be baptized, I got in the water as I came up. 
Um, I, wanna ex- I can't explain to you what I felt. It's indescribable. But if I could put it in English, I felt a weight of the world just lift from me. I can't explain it. Like you asked me what it was the weight that was lifted. I don't know. Um, what did you feel? I just feel lighter. I feel like, I feel there was a joy that was deposited into my heart that I did the right thing. You know, sometimes as, as human beings, we, we can't explain to you why we said yes or why we did this, but we just know deep in our gut that it is the right thing to do. If you have ever had that, like, I don't know if you have ever experienced that. For me, it is. When I came out of the baptism pool and I, I, I stood up, I felt a sense of joy in my spirit. And I, felt, I really felt the impression that this was the right decision for you. You made the right decision today. No turning back. And from that day onwards, I remember I gave my life to Christ. I never turned back. Um, and I was so zealous in the Word of God. I remember I read uh, the Bible in one month. I said, if people can do it in three months, no, I'll do it in one month because I'm hungry. And I wanted to do KJV the first month, NIV the second month, and I wanted to do ESV the third month. All right? I failed at NIV. That was all I could do. And then I said, ESV, it's okay. Next time, next time. I thought that was good enough. That was good enough um, for me. But I remember it was the best day, the best decision I've ever made. But I want to explain why it was the best decision that I've ever made in my life. So if you don't know, today I hope you know. So today, I want to talk about water baptism. But before I move on forward, let's read this scripture together. Shall we? Shall we read scripture? And out of all the scriptures I pulled, I, I, this scripture resonates with me the most. Romans 3, Romans 6, uh, 3 to 8. Can we read it all together? I only have two slides. Let's go. One, two, three. All of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with Him in death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. For we know that our old self was crucified in Him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live in Him. Amen. Now, out of all the the passages, because today I I, I thought I wanted to preach from Matthew 28, the Great Commission. You know, go ye therefore into all this world, preaching the good news, baptizing men uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey the Word of God. So I, you know, that that is one of my favorite scriptures in the book of Matthew. But today, I was drawn to Romans chapter 6 because Romans chapter 6 explains why we do baptism and it explains the significance of baptism in our Christian walk. So if you've not been baptized in this place, I encourage you to be baptized. And I wish, I wish I could tell you today when will be the next baptism in this service one, but I don't have that date. But we have a, we have, if you go to the Christian uh, discipleship counter outside, there will be the next baptism date um, that will be run, I think sometime in July. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I want to go through this. And I want to explain the significance of baptism. Romans 6, uh, 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 3 verse 8. Verse 5 says this, For if we have been united with Him in death like His, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. So what does this mean? For if we have been united with Him in a death like this, we have been baptized. Verse 3 says, we have been baptized into His 
death. You see, baptism is, is, is baptismal. It means immersion. We are immersed in water. That's why we do baptism by immersion, uh, uh, except during the time of COVID where we, we did by pouring. But immersion is what we believe in baptism, where we go under the water. Under the water is symbolic for us. And I want to explain why is it so symbolic that we have to go under the water. You see, when Jesus Christ died for us, we all know uh, uh, on Easter Sunday that He resurrected on the third day, that He rose again, which means to say that death has no hold on Him. Now, I wish, I wish we could say in this life that death has no hold on me, right? That I could say that, hey, you know, I'm not, I do not fear death. Death has no hold on me. But as a Christian, we can. And it's because it's this. Why we do baptism by immersion is because when we are in that water and we are knee-deep in that water and we must imagine water to be whatever we're going through, right? So we're knee-deep in that water. And when the pastor pulls you down, into the water and your whole head, your whole body goes into the water, it is almost as if we're baptizing, we're, we're being baptized into death. It is a symbolic event to say that now you have died, but you don't die physically. What are you dying to? You are dying to your sinful nature. You are dying to your will, your personal will. You are dying to your fleshly desires. You are dying to the fact that you want to walk in the ways of this world and all the desires and all the pleasures of the world. You want to die to that self. And you are saying to Jesus, you're saying to your friends and your family that I want to kill this part of my life. It's not a literal kill, but it's a figurative, metaphorical kill. I want to destroy this part of my life because it is this part of my life that brings death to me. It is this part of my life that draws me away from Him. So when I go into that water, I say, hey, you know, I want to I kill this addiction that I have. I want to kill this stubbornness that I have. And a lot of us, not all of us, what we always go through is, I want to kill the part of me that say it is my way or the highway. It is only my way that should be the only way because my way is the best way. And we don't even give in to one another, let alone Jesus Christ. And we don't allow Jesus to work His way in us. And we want to kill that part of us to say, Jesus, from now onwards, I want it to be your way. I want to walk in your footsteps. I want you to be guiding me. I want the Word of God to be the lamp onto my feet. I want you to be my refuge as I'm going through problems. I want you to be my vanguard as I'm going to war. I want you to be my strong tower when somebody's attacking me. Father God, it is going to be your will and your way, not mine. We are baptized into His death. We are killing the part of us that rejects Jesus Christ, that rebels against Jesus Christ, that say no to Him. That's part, the part we're killing. But that's not all. You see, if that is all, then that's a sad baptism. But you see, the Scripture goes on to say, we will certainly also be united with Him in a resurrection like His. You see, Jesus Christ didn't stay dead. He rose on the third day. And that's why in baptism, there is a coming up out of baptism. You see, if there is no coming up, then baptism will be the end of everything, right? There has to be a coming up. And in that coming up, you are saying, Lord Jesus Christ, the part of me that is sinful, the part of me that is fleshly, the part of me that is yielded to sin right now, the part of me that is chained to addiction, 
I resurrect in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a new person. I am not the old anymore. I am a new person in Christ Jesus. I may carry the stench, right? I, people may know me as whatever it may be. Like if you know me when I was younger, you will be able to say, hey, Isaac, you are used to be like this. You used to swear a lot. You used to curse four curse words every sentence. You used to do this. You used to ponten class, whatever, you know, I was, okay, I was high school back then, right? You used to do all these things, but when I get baptized, I says, the old me will not be my identity, but now my identity is rooted in who Jesus Christ calls me to be. And that's why we get baptized. So when Jesus Christ resurrected, what is the significance of his resurrection? He says we have power, he has power over sickness. And we've got power over sickness. We've got power to say that depression, you have no hold on me because depression is death. But I am now in a resurrected spirit in Christ Jesus. Depression has no hold on me. We would say sickness will have no hold on me. We would say emotional sickness, whatever it may be, mental sickness, you have no hold on me because the spirit of the living God now lives in me. The resurrection also says that you are given the power to defeat the enemy by the word that you speak, by the word and scripture that you speak. So when the enemy comes up in you, against temptation. He tempts you, whatever it may be. He tempts you to do this. He tempts you to do that. Uh, something sinful. You have now have the power to say, no, I stand on Christ, the solid rock, and all other grounds is sinking sand because I stand on my Christ Jesus. And that is why I'm now resurrected in Christ Jesus. You see, he, in resurrection, He gives you a new spirit. For the old is gone, the new has come. I have a new spirit. What is this new spirit in me? This new spirit in me now enables me to be one with the Father. I really like this. Um, I can't remember the theologian that said this. Um, so if one of you can pull it up, that'll be great after the sermon. But I always remember this. Water baptism is a sacrament. You know it's a sacrament? Something divine, all right? Water baptism is a sacrament about our regeneration in Christ and our union in Christ. There's only two things. Our union with Christ, which is we are now united with Him in resurrection. Our union in Christ and our regeneration. Union in Christ means that my identity is now in Christ Jesus. Regeneration in Christ goes to show that just because I'm in Christ Jesus but because I'm still of this world, I'm still tempted in the flesh. I still have a fleshly nature. I still have a sinful nature. And therefore, because now I am baptized and the Holy Spirit lives in me and Jesus lives in me, I have the power to resist and to be regenerated day by day. I have the power to be more Christ-like day by day. That's why, that's why it's, it's beautiful when you speak to a 20-year-old Christian. It doesn't matter how old you are, as long as you're a 20-year-old Christian. Because a 20-year-old Christian, someone like me, will be able to tell you, do you know that if you met me 20 years ago, I, you would not even want to talk to me. I would have been a totally different person. And then they would ask, but how did you change? And the answer is always, by the grace of God and by the journeying and the discipline of the Holy Spirit, He changes me day by day. He makes me different day by day. He walks with me day by day. And that's why baptism is such an important milestone in our Christian faith. Because today I want to say, I want to, say to all of us here, if you're struggling with something, 
baptism frees you. If you're struggling in your marriage, baptism frees you. If you're struggling with who you are, baptism frees you. And the resurrected Christ now lives in you. You are one with Christ. And this is what I always believe. We are baptized not to identify with our sins, but to identify with our Savior. We are baptized not to identify with my sins, but to identify with my Savior. See, what does that mean? A lot of us always walk around identifying ourselves with our sins. I am a alcoholic. I am a gambler. I'm a workaholic. I am a bad father. I am a whatever it may be. I used to be a drunk. I used to be a bad son. I used to be a failure. Whatever it may be. We, it's so easy for us to identify with our sins because our, that's, a just, you know, that's just a human nature, right? Our human brains just can't process negative things. So what we do is we focus ne- on negative things and we can't get it out of our head, right? We just, it's just, we just fail to process negative things. Am I correct? You think so? Like, for example, if I say something to you that is, uh, that's a little bit negative or whatever it may be, you will not be able to not think about it, I think, right? Like, if I say to you right now, don't think, just don't think about a colorful rainbow elephant. Just don't. Just don't process what that colorful rainbow elephant will look like, right? It's, it's hard. I know it's, I don't know. Okay, you're looking at me like I tried my best. No, I did not think about a rainbow elephant. I don't know. If that is you, great. Hallelujah. You're, you're, how did you do it? I don't know. Tell me. But uh, that's how our brains work. We identify with our sins. But what's, what's worse? If we don't identify with our sins, what we love to do is we love to identify others with their sins, right? We would like to always say and label somebody else by the sins that they have committed. I mean, let's not talk about the church. Just talk about the, the press that you've been reading, right? If it is about Hollywood, how many of you want to read about a successful Hollywood marriage? Or the moment it says this couple ended a, a, a broke, broke up or this person got together with another person, you would automatically click on that link and says, who? Who did this person get together with, right? I mean, if there is a dress, a fashion failure at the Emmys, you will click on that link, right? Am I right? Who? Which dress failed? I don't know. Whatever it means. Who fell at the Grammys, right? We, we were drawn to it in press when, about the government. We're always reading about what the government didn't do, what our state didn't do, what our boss didn't do. We're always so drawn and we identify everything with the sins of the world. But in baptism, God calls us. He calls us to identify with our Savior. He says, you are no longer part of the world, but you are now part of me, Christ Jesus. You are a part of the heavenly being, a glorified body, a glorified spirit that is Christ Jesus. And he calls us to say, I have given you the spirit of joy. Don't ever forget it. In your darkest moment, don't ever forget that I've given you the spirit of joy. Don't ever forget that I've given you a spirit of hope. How many of us, we have given up hope on our, on, on our relationship, on our job, on our children. We've given up hope on our spouse. We've given up hope on our parents or our, whatever it may be. But God says, no, because you're a Christian, you have the spirit of hope. And because you have the spirit of hope, you should never, ever give up hope because I am hope and I live in you. We never say no to the hope of our salvation. God says, I've given you the spirit of gentleness. 
All right, so if, if, any, if any one of you ever says that I cannot control my temper, I, I'm, I'm always slamming tables and I cannot control the volume of my voice, you need to tell yourself every day, God has given me the spirit of gentleness. I am a gentle giant. I'm a gentle person. God has given you the spirit of faithfulness, the spirit of goodness, the spirit of kindness, the spirit of patience, the spirit of peace, and the spirit of self-control. He has given you that spirit. And he says, I want you now to identify with me, your Savior. And that's why we're baptized. But it doesn't stop there. You see, the next verse goes on to say, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that our body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live in him. There is a process that baptism is not the end-all and be-all of the Christian faith. It is a start it is a new start. It is a new walk. It is a new being. It is a new journey. It is a new mindset that you put in to say, Jesus, from this day forward, I will now start to walk with you. From this day forward, I will never give you up because I know you will never give me up. I like this quote. It says, we identify with our Savior through our walk and our obedience in Him. We identify with our Savior through our walk and our obedience in Him. I want you to imagine, like, if you're a parent-child relationship right now, or you're a husband-wife relationship right now, either one would do, all right? Either one would do. How would you know, like, sometimes when you see a son or you see a daughter of a person, and you automatically go, you remind me exactly like your father. You are a splitting image of your mother, whether it's a look or a character. You are a splitting image of, of, of your father or your mother, what, whatever it may be. You know what it goes to show? It's a good thing. It goes to show, I mean, unless, unless you're referring to something not so good, right? But it's generally a good thing. So I'm referring to the good part, all right? All right? It's not like you swear and then you're, you're, you remind me exactly like your father, all right? That's not what I meant. I meant something good, all right? That's what I meant, right? What, what does it go to show, I guess, whether good or bad? It goes to show that you take on the identity of the person that you are walking with, that you obey, that you submit to, that you align yourself to. And it's the same thing for us. Like we always go, before you get married, both of you are so different. You're such different personalities. You're such different characters. But the longer you are married, the longer you are married, of course, there will still be differences. I, I know, I know. But more and more, you will start to look alike, maybe. You will start to think alike, maybe. You will start to feel the same things, maybe. You will start to want the same things, maybe. All right? Last time, I used to hate curry me, but because my wife eats curry me every day, every day, this is not even a joke. This is not a fake example. This is a true. Every morning, and I'm like, how would you, how do you swallow curry me at 8 o'clock in the morning? Like, don't you need to warm up? Like, doesn't your tummy need to warm up a little bit before you take in the curry full of santan? Nope, nope, don't need to warm up. It goes, it goes. And uh, now, after seven years of marriage, I go, I don't mind having some of your curry me in the morning in addition to whatever I'm eating, right? So we take on the identity and the look and the image and the likeness of who we walk with every single day, who we journey with every single day. And it's the same thing like Christ. When you're baptized, you are telling the world, yourself, your friends, and your family, I choose to follow Jesus. I'm not following the ways of the world. 
I'm not following this religion. I'm not following this God. I'm not following this thing. I choose to follow Jesus. And I pray that as you see me every year, year after year, I begin to reflect my Father in heaven. I begin to reflect a goodness of God in me. Last time, I used to be a little bit more selfish, but now I don't mind sharing my curry me with you a little bit. Here, have one mouth, right? Have a little bit of my goodness. Last time, I used to swear a lot, but now I don't. I don't anymore, and my, my words are more edifying, more encouraging. My words are more praise to Jesus. Last time, I used to be an alcoholic, but now no longer. Now I'm sober, and the only time I'm drunk is when I'm drunk in the spirit at prayer altars. That is where I'm drunk, right? <laughs> You reflect who the Father of God is. So what is baptism? We identify with our Savior, and when we identify with our Savior, means we walk and we obey Him. Amen? Amen? And that I want to remind all of us here. There is a joy when you identify in Him. He will give you a grace for your race. He will give you a grace, and as you walk this life, no matter how difficult it may be, as long as you always feel the pleasure of God, and the favor of God raining down on you, I tell you, you can walk this life with head held high. You know, sometimes I have difficult weeks, very difficult weeks when, you know, I've got like 20,000 bad news come along my way. But at the end of the day, when I go to bed, I go, Jesus, speak to me. And I, when I feel the smile and the breath of God and the voice of God just speak something into my life, it could be a simple word like sun, or it could be a simple word like sleep. Or it could be a simple word, but don't worry. It's good enough to assure your heart that there is a joy for your race. There is a grace for your race. And God will be with you to the end and to your very last breath because you chose Jesus Christ in the first place. And that is the joy of being baptized. But I want to tell you now, in the next two minutes, why do we do water baptism this weekend? Why out of all weekend? And I truly believe that this is a significant weekend for all of us, especially the 25, because this weekend is Pentecost weekend. Just in case you didn't know, it's Pentecost weekend. What is Pentecost weekend? Pentecost weekend is 50 days after Easter. Do you know that it has been 50 days? Well, technically it's tomorrow. I understand. All right, but this is the weekend that we're talking about. It's been 49, 50 days after Easter. You see, when Jesus Christ died, all right, on that day, and on the third day, He was rose again. Then He says, wait for me because I will send another. I will send you a helper. I will send you someone better than me. And on the 50th day, as people waited in the upper room, the Holy Spirit descended on them in something we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire. And we call that weekend Pentecost. And this is Pentecost weekend, where the Holy Spirit was released onto this world and it lived in men. And it started with 200. But do you know at the end of the chapter, at the end of that day, it says that the Holy Spirit was so evident in their life, it gripped their life, the conviction of God was so strong in their life that 3,000 people came to know Jesus Christ in that day alone. 
I want you to imagine that sometimes we do altar call, we have five people coming to God and we're so happy. We're so happy for you. We're so happy for your family that you came to know Jesus Christ. But 200 to 3,000 in the same day, we're going to overwhelm the follow-up system. We're going to overwhelm the cells. We're going to overwhelm the the software that we're going to use to follow up with visitors and and salvation. But 3,000 people came to know God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit descended. And when the Holy Spirit descended, what, 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 what is more joyful than the Holy Spirit? What is more pleasant than the Holy Spirit? What is more comforting than the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit is like a dove that will come and land on you. And this reminds me of Jesus Christ's baptism. When He was baptized, when He rose, the heavens opened, and a dove came and sat on His shoulder, and God the Father said, This is my Son. In Him, I am well pleased. You see the brilliance of the baptism? is that when God shines and opens His heaven for you, He looks upon your life and He says, this is my son. In Him, I'm well pleased. Because He doesn't see you. He doesn't see your sinful nature. He doesn't see your fleshly nature. What He sees is the righteousness of Jesus Christ, His Son. The cloak of righteousness that covers your life. And when He looks at you, and when He looks at me, the dove of the Holy Spirit come and rest upon your life. It says, I knew I'm well pleased because of the blood of the Lamb that was shed for you. And that is why baptism is so important because we are baptized in the death of Jesus Christ. But in Him, we share His death. But also, we are united with Him in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in His resurrection, there is a Holy Spirit that will come upon your life and He will give you the grace for your race. He will give you the grace for whatever that you're going through. And I want you to be encouraged today by going home to always remember that because God is with you, because the blood of Jesus Christ washes over your life, because the righteousness of Jesus Christ clothes your life, and when the heavens open, and when God looks at your life, He does not see you in the wretchedness that you are. He sees you in the righteousness of His Son. And He says, in you, I am well pleased. And in that identity, we can say, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. Because in this Pentecost weekend, I want to pray, and I want to pray at the end, that God would fill you with the Holy Spirit once again. And I want to pray the Psalms 51 prayer over your life that you would find the joy of your salvation, that you will return the joy of your salvation unto you, that you will once again be reminded of the first time you said yes to Jesus. And it was easy, maybe. It was joyful, maybe. But now when Jesus calls you, it's a bit more difficult because of whatever we've gone through. But today onwards, the Holy Spirit will descend. And in your spirit of spirit, you will remember what it's like to have the joy of the Holy Spirit rest upon you. The comfort of the Holy Spirit that would rest upon you. The grace and the favor of God that would rest upon you. So I want to call the 25 up. Can we just line up in front? Because I want to pray for everyone. I want to pray over them. And I want to pray over every single one of us, our lives here today. And I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will touch our lives. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will do a new work in you. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will give you a new start. 
I want to pray that in this Pentecost weekend, we will never forget what Jesus Christ did for us. We will never forget what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. So can I invite every one of us to stand? Before we sing this song, if you want to feel a refreshing of the Holy Spirit, if you want to feel that the Holy Spirit is, if you want to invite the Holy Spirit into your life and you want to be refreshed in the Holy Spirit, if you want to feel that the Holy Spirit, come on, Holy Spirit, I want to work in your power. Come and live in me. I want you to raise your hands to Jesus as we pray this prayer. I want you to just be, oh, I just want you to be in awe of Him. And I want you to say, Jesus, this is a genuine prayer from my heart to yours that I need you, Holy Spirit. Come and live in me once again. Father God, I just want to thank you, Lord God, for your power that is released on Pentecost. I want to thank you, Lord Jesus, for the power of the Holy Spirit that rests upon the early church, Father God. And because it rests upon the early church, there is a power of the gospel that goes out, Father God. That there is no shame in the gospel because the gospel of Jesus Christ saved my life. So I just want to thank you, Holy Spirit. I just want to thank you, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, come and rain down upon us today. I want the Holy Spirit come and rest upon us today, Father God. Come and rest upon our life, Lord Jesus. Come and fill our lives once again, Father God. Lord Jesus, take away every depression. Take away every sickness. Take away every hurt. Take away every unforgiveness. Take away every bitterness. Take away everything that does not belong to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And may your Holy Spirit do a regeneration in our lives. May the power of the Holy Spirit rest upon us, Father God, so that we will know and we will know that we belong to you. And no one in this world, no hell, no high water, no tower, no strong tower, no valley, Father God, no angels, no demons, no past, no future, and nothing in all creation can ever separate us from the love of God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus Christ, that you made us more than conquerors. So I pray, Father God, that you send us forth from today with the power of the Holy Spirit to speak life into our families, to speak life into our workplace, to speak life into our own Christian walk, to speak life to say, I will follow you, Jesus, and I will never turn back. Obedience is hard, but this obedience is death. And therefore, I would choose, choose this day to walk with you and never turn away. I would choose this day to obey you and never disobey. I would choose this day that I belong to Jesus Christ. And may the world know it and I will never be ashamed of the gospel that lives in me, Father God. So I thank you, be Jesus, for the Holy Spirit. We praise your name, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for the 25 that are being baptized. Fill them with your love. Fill them with your power. They may go forth today being representatives and an ambassadors of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that you are a good God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that you died and you rose again for us. We thank you, Father God. Then the Spirit came, Father God, and the church of Christ was born. And we thank you, Father God, that we are the legacy of your Holy Spirit. We are the church of Christ. And I pray, Father God, that Lord, we will live in the fullness of your Spirit. We will live in the power of your Gospel. And we will live in the strength and the power of the resurrected Christ that now lives in us, Father God. So in the name of Jesus, we say we do not belong to the darkness, but we belong to the light. We are not held by sins, but we are held by freedom, Father God. We are not held by generational curses, but we are blessed 
the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are blessed. We are called. We are highly favored, Lord. So I thank you, Lord Jesus, that today that we will always remember what you did. And I pray, Father God, we will be better Christians. We will be stronger Christians. And Father God, we will be more loving Christians in your name. So we give you praise, glory, and honor in the name of Jesus Christ. We all say, Amen. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you so much, church. There's refreshments, one floor down for the friends and families and the cell group of those who are being baptized. And if you're a visitor, come and see us in the hospitality because we want to get to know you. God bless you, church. Happy Pentecost weekend.